Hi, Online Church family. I'm so glad that you could meet with us here. We're about to go into a preach that I delivered recently, and I really hope this blesses you, it inspires you, it takes you further in your walk with God. That's my heart for you as you watch this. And if it really does bless you, why don't you go ahead and share it with someone who you think needs to hear it? Uh, make sure you click like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our messages here that we upload weekly. And um, jump in the chat so we can connect with you as well so you're not a stranger. So sit back and enjoy. I hope that you get blessed. Okay, Dustin is a hero in City Point Church. Um, and many of you may not know him. What I love possibly the most about Dustin, other than his incredible heart for God, is that he flies in under the radar and he's never trying to get a spotlight. But guess what, Dustin? <laughs> so um, before I hand it over to him, um, I just wanted to share about what this morning and what today, in fact, is all about. You would have seen on the way in the drawings. Who stopped and had a look? Who's excited? Um, absolutely amazing. And uh, so today we're launching or we're proposing to you um, our next capital expansion project, which Dustin has coined the Sam Gunzer Community Centre. Uh, so Dustin is the owner of Seasons IGAs that you see around the place. How many are you up to now? Ten. And um, doing an amazing job there. Uh, Long-standing member of City Point Church here, part of the Kingdom Builders Network, and will be the project manager of the Sam Gunzer Community Center. Um, and so before I hand over to you, Dustin, to share the vision and really how this project you know, will roll out. I wanted to give us a bit of context, church. So in 2013, God redirected our energies northbound. And Sam and I packed up our family and moved from the south side to the north side. Um, husband, wife, three children and one on the way. And, um, and we relocated. It was like arriving in another country. You, know, you cross that river. Dear Lord, the culture was different, the people were different, the needs were certainly different, and we began really praying for a heart for this region. We'd been in ministry already for 14 or so years, but we felt like we were in another country, and what God wanted to do here was significantly different to what we'd been a part of for the previous you know, 14 years. And it was in 2014, um, we were in a rental property in Mango Hill, and it was the early hours of the morning, the darkest, you know, just before the dawn breaks, and I was sleepless, and I was praying for God's heart for this community, and, and the Spirit of God led me to the book of Ezekiel, and that morning laid out for me a five-year plan for what we would, could expect for the next five years out of the book of Ezekiel. It just was quite an amazing download. I don't have many of those, but I wrote it all down, and there was a theme for each of the next five years, and I didn't share, the, share it with anyone except Sam, but I've got it written on paper, and um, over the next five years, God brought about what he told me he would bring about, and, um, and then 2020 came, and so did COVID, and the whole world was thrown into a spin. Um, I wrestled, you wrestled, Sam wrestled, we wrestled. Um, 
the church, families, marriages, workplaces, the world at large was thrown into a spin and um, the whole globe. And the Lord continued to remind Sam and I of the word he gave us right in the beginning because that had not changed. And he assured me it would not change. And the word he gave us back then was cultural reformation and breaking the back of poverty. Cultural reformation. It's such a huge term. Cultural reformation. And that was the term that was dropped in our spirits way back in 2014. And breaking the back of poverty. Not just physical poverty, but spiritual poverty that we saw all around us. You know, in this region here, on the peninsula, on the north side of Brisbane, did you know that we have the highest rate of teen pregnancy in our state? Did you know that generational poverty and teen crime reach their climax here on our doorstep in comparison with the rest of the state? Here. You and I sit here on Sunday, and our reality is we have the highest teen pregnancy and the highest teen crime just out there. Gangs and initiation crimes claim the lives of young people every year, every month, and every week. We, as a church facility, have been the subject of initiation crimes. Do you remember the bus we used to have? was burnt out one night as an initiation crime. We often have been broken into for no reason. One time, just recently, the latest break-in, <laughs> they took a microwave that I bought from Kmart for $120. There's no point. It's initiation. The gangs in this area meet their climax compared to the rest of the state, right here. And you've heard over and over in the news about the young lives that are lost through the gang activity here in this area. And if you haven't, you need to get your head out of the sand. Drugs and drug-related crimes are ravaging homes, families, and the community right on our doorstep. We are unmatched in the state. When the census is taken and demographics are measured, Children, teens, and young adults feature strongly in this region and stand out from the nation for all the wrong reasons. Sam and I would fall back on the words that the Spirit gave us and his call in our ear over and over. City Point Church Redcliffe exists to bring cultural reformation and to break the back of poverty. City Point Redcliffe is a church established 40 years ago as a lighthouse, an oasis, a prophetic voice, a refuge, a place where people would come in droves and find the Lord to be remade and to live according to the design of heaven on their lives. City Point Redcliffe exists to usher in the kingdom of heaven. As a church, you, you are the watchmen, the gatekeepers, and the shepherds for this community. City Point Church Redcliffe are the ones who will guard the gates and determine what comes in and out of this city. It is the people of this church who are to shepherd and care for the flock of this community. And I want to tell you, our, our flock is sick. And we're the shepherds. It's the place 
where the lost of the community will come in and encounter a living God. The fire of his presence and the transformational empowerment of a new life. This is the place. It is this place. This is the landmark that the Lord established in our desperate community. This is it. And it was about the turn of 2019 and 2020 that Sam started to see something new. As the five-year plan drew, drew to a close, I can still see him in my memory pacing out the front outside as I would stand in the foyer or in my office looking out the glazing. I can still see him in my memory pacing up and down the parameter of the facility in the weekdays on a Sunday, dreaming, listening, understanding, incubating, praying. I would watch him through the glazing in the foyer out the front and the Spirit of God was birthing a vision in him for the future. And it was about the same time that a businessman from South Africa crossed the seas and planted his family and his heart here. And I'll let you tell the rest of the story. Let's give it up for Dustin. Thank you, Carolina. I think um, your family's journey to the peninsula is um, amazing. And uh, just the passion you guys have for this community and this peninsula is inspirational and slightly contagious, <laughs> which is good. Um, so thank you for the opportunity to come and you know, talk, to the, talk to our community today. Um, I find it a privilege to be sitting here to be able to um, embark on this journey, which I think is gonna be amazing. Um, and it's, it's gonna be good, so let me just jump right into it. So I think starting off, and um, I think anyone who knows me, I'm pretty straightforward. Um, I don't like to beat around the bush, so I do tend to <laughs> say it as it is. And, it must um, be an ethnicity thing. Could be a South yeah, African yeah. thing, you're right, yeah. So I think starting off, I'd just like to say that God did not send us to earth to have a holiday from heaven. Okay, we are not here on holiday. Um, so why are we here on earth? And, and let's just go down to the most simple, simple philosophy. And that is that we are here out of God gave us free will to choose God and then to tell other people about God so they can choose him as well. And that's, that's what we're here for. Um, and, and, and that seems easy enough, but the devil is gonna make it very difficult for us to achieve that. He's gonna go to the ends of the earth to distract us to try and make sure that we don't tell other people about Jesus. But we don't have to fear the devil because he's got no dominion over us in the eternal life and in the spiritual life. So on earth, uh, we have two op opposing forces. And when you have two opposing forces, you have war and you have conflict. We have good, we have evil, we have Jesus and we have the devil. So life is a battlefield, and we're all in this battle, whether you like it or not. And you can choose where to fight the battle. You can fight the battle in the front, or you can fight in the back. But it doesn't matter where you fight. It's not necessarily safer in the back, quite easy to stand on a landmine, but the battle is mandatory. There's no getting out of it, whether you like it or not. And this center that we're trying to build is gonna equip people with tools, because that's all you can do. You can't fight the battle for your wife, for your sister, for your brother, for your children. You can't do it. But all you can do is equip them with the tools to enable them to fight the battle. 
And that's what we're trying to achieve here. The world has changed from when we were young. And when I say we, I see multi-generational people sitting in front of me, but I think we can all say that the world has changed since when we were younger. Um, the physical world is probably in the worst state that it's ever been, and our children are now being exposed to a virtual world. So our children and our next generations are being, up in a, being brought up in a mixed reality of the virtual and the physical, and we have no idea what kind of adults this is gonna produce in the future. As parents, as grandparents, as caregivers, we all need all the help we can get in growing this new generation. Looking at what's happening in the world around us, the challenges that face the next generation are going to be far greater than the challenges that we've ever had to face in our lifetime. And we can't just sit back and allow that to happen without any, any interjection. So we have a responsibility to help them get prepared for these challenges. We live in what I believe is the greatest country, and my wife actually had a similar experience to you when she came to Redcliffe um, from South Africa. We arrived here. I think men are simple. Give us a business, give us a community, and we're okay. But women seem to look a bit broader than that. But she learned to love it. She learned to love it, and I think City Point was a big part of that. So I would like this country and this world to stay the way it is. And like so many other countries around the world, our youth are lacking guidance, they're lacking direction, and they're lacking mentorship. And the devil is having a field day distracting them. And it's time for us to fight back. So does anybody here have children? Maybe a niece, a grandchild, a nephew, a godchild? So I think one way or another, we're all linked to the youth. And therefore, in some way or another, it's all of our responsibility to look after the youth and to guide them. They will set the foundation of what Australia, of what Brisbane, of what this peninsula is gonna look like in the next 10, 20, and 30 years. Right. It's not gonna be us. That's right. So today I stand in front of you to present a dream, and you've all seen the pictures, and that's a dream to broaden our impact on this community. Shall we just put those pictures up? Just scroll through those. Lockie, if you can. So we have a vision for Australia. Actually, I realize the drawing doesn't explain what this is. Can you tell us what the building contains? Yeah, so from a practical perspective, um, it's gonna be just past the front entrance. Um, it's gonna be a space uh, that will be multi-dimensional. So we'll have some office space, we'll have um, some counseling rooms, we'll have a half a basketball court, um, and it's gonna be really good. It's gonna, it's gonna link in with the current building around where the cafe is now. So practically, you'll be able to walk out from the cafe, which will be fully refurbished in this process as well, into the front of that building, um, and that'll be the link. And uh, I think it's just gonna be a great space. And so bottom level, gymnasium? Yeah. And so then the next level, 120-seater auditorium and offices, counseling rooms. Yeah, that mm -hmm. sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds about right. I'm more the numbers guy, but yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, so we want to create a space where our young people can come together to create a, a community of young people that will look after each other, love each other, and be guided. And I think it's going to touch so many lives, and it's going to prepare our youth for the battle of life that they have to face. We want to create an environment where they want to invite others. They want to invite their friends to an environment that's youthful and vibrant and exciting. 
So we want them to reach out and bring people to this space. The dream of this project began some time ago um, with the vision that our beloved Pastor Sam and his wife, Pastor Carolina, brought to the peninsula and ignited in so many of us. And in Sam's honor and for the glory of God, we would like your involvement in helping us to achieve the Sam Gunster Community Center. I've had several conversations with many of you in the congregation um, about what this extension and what this space could mean for our community. And it goes far beyond just the youth um, and teaching skills to our youth, whether it be cooking, exercise classes, um, exercising, food, uh, tools, practical life skills, to a place where our business network could meet. So it has so many different avenues that could actually add value to our community. All of these things can be achieved, not just through the bricks and the water that we're focusing on to try get now, but through the people, through the congregation that are gonna bring these projects to life. The building is gonna be a tool, but a very powerful tool that's gonna work against the devil's plan. So we are very excited to get this started, but we have a mountain to climb. Mm -hmm. So we need $4 million. Yeah, that's all. We need $4 million to get this project going. And we actually only got that number a couple of weeks ago. And Originally, the guesstimate was $2 million, yeah. and that was just over a year ago. And the cost of materials has grown that much that now that the final drawings are done, it's come in at 3.6. So we have a thermometer, and we're almost there. We have a mountain to climb, but behind this mountain is another mountain. So this mountain is just to get us started. This is not where we're ending, this is just the beginning. So although it feels like a mountain today, this is the starting point. So we're gonna look back on this, and it's probably being recorded so we can actually play it back to ourselves in a few years' time. And when we have the next project with the next number, which is gonna be far greater, we'll realize this wasn't a mountain, this was just a small peak to get over. From a practical perspective. Um, He's a preacher, he's standing up. <laughs> Getting excited. So from a practical perspective, uh, the average adult in the middle of their life working full time will earn about $45,000 a year per annum. So for that person to achieve this on their own would take them 88 years of sewing in $45,000 every single year. So if God wants us to do that, he better give us a very long life. But if you reverse that and say, well, if we had 88 adults that had the capacity to give $45,000, we would achieve this in one year. Wow. And if we take that one step further and we said we have 880 people contributing $4,500, we would also achieve this in one year. But I think we can take it one step further. And if we go to 8,800 people giving $450 a year, which is $1.26 per day, we could achieve this in one year. So how do we practically achieve that? Well, if you just swap your large coffee for a medium coffee or a medium for a small, it's $1.26. That's all it's gonna take. And I think this project is so exciting, not just for what it's gonna produce, but the lives it's gonna touch from today until it's actually there. 
Is it gonna be the financier? Is it gonna be the architect? Is it gonna be the builder working on the project? It's gonna to touch so many lives. And let's take a step back and think to ourselves, what would make it worthwhile? So what would make spending three and a half million dollars on this project worthwhile? If it saves one person from suicide, if it saves one person from, or gives one person eternal life, if it saves one family from a cycle of abuse because of this building, was it worthwhile? And I think that's what we're gonna ask ourselves. So I'm very excited to be part of this project knowing that the success of this project will, is, is only based on one person getting what we want them to get, just one person. And everybody else is just a bonus. And that's where we're going through this. And I think it's an exciting part of the process and it's gonna change so many lives just by being involved. So what we've done is um, we have linked with this and this project is gonna link in with many of the other projects that we have around City Point, Kingdom Builders, but we have coined this an apple a day keeps the devil away. That's what we're going for within our own business. So um, like the devil has always used sin and temptation against us, um, we're gonna use the devil's own medicine against him. So the first product he used to tempt Eve, but let's say Adam and Eve, okay, was the apple. And in my business, we sell a lot of apples. So every apple that we sell in our business, all the profit from every apple is gonna go towards this project and a project like this of the future. And that's just one of 13,000 products that I sell in my business. So I don't feel like it's a massive step, but what we wanna do is we wanna encourage all individuals and all businesses to participate with us in this. And if you sell tools, then every size 10 spanner that you sell, can you have a spanner a day towards this project and get businesses involved that way as a pledge that you can contribute monthly for all time. And I'm believing that we're gonna sell a lot more apples and we're gonna sell a lot more size 10 spanners. Are you advertising your Apple a Day project? So we are going to tell our customers about this as well. A wonderful, what do we call it, a QR code. We'll be there and we'll be telling our customer, link on this, they'll probably see a portion of, of us speaking into this project. Um, we are unashamedly a Christian business on the peninsula and in the north of Brisbane and people just have to accept that. And I think that if you go to a Seasons IGA, it's like Disneyland compared to the other IGAs. So I'm picking Seasons anyway. Yeah, exactly. So we're believing we're gonna sell more apples. We understand that business is not easy out there at the moment. So if you, if, if you can't afford to give the profit from that spanner to this project, then start selling something else. Start selling water. And when your customer walks up there to buy a size 10 spanner, say, do you want to buy a bottle of water for $1.26? And they're going to say, why? So, well, because if we all give $1.26 per day, 8,800 of us can build this community center in one year. And that might spark a conversation with that person. So there are ways we can do it. And we're going to be looking at some practical ways to get this done. I think that's actually about it. So good. Yeah, that was it. So, so, so I think if we can do this together, guys, it's the only way it gets done. Yeah, it, yeah. it will not happen any other way. It's through us together. And let's plant the seed in that youth center and that community center that builds the next generation. Amen. And that's it from me. So good.
So, just a call to action then, is all that's left this morning. Is, um, and I think this is why Dustin was one of Sam's closest friends, because he's gone under time. I was looking at that, that clock, and everyone always talks about the evil clock in the, the front. The evil clock. And, and it, you're like, it's like that's it. you're it's the favorite person. You Carry can reach every week. Um, in the seat pockets, we've pulled out our Faith, Love, Hope pledge cards again. And um, we've just put a little sticker over because any pledges you want to nominate will go towards the Sam Gunter Community Centre. And so we just want to encourage you to have a think about how can your business pledge, how can you pledge, and there is no, it's not about how much, it's just about being a part of it. And like Dustin said, if we all do a little bit, it will be achieved really, really fast. Um, and so that's, that's so exciting. So you've got the pledge cards that are in the seat pockets in front of you. If we can put the ways to give slide up, please. As always, the ways to give are the same. If you go through the app um, and you select uh, Redcliffe as your location and you select Faith, Love, Hope, you have my word that every dollar from now on that goes to Faith, Love, Hope goes towards this building. This is what we're working towards. And many of you have heard and understand that it needs to be in the non-tax deductible section. So we are trying to find loopholes with the government, um, but currently what all, the advice I can give you is the money needs to be non-tax deductible in order for it to go to a capital works project. The tax deductible finance that's given helps our hampers, which you're a part of. Every year, we do more than 2,000 hampers that IGA sponsors as well. That's tax deductible. Red Frogs is tax deductible. She Rescue is tax deductible. Those direct um, projects are tax deductible, but for a building like this, it needs to be non-tax deductible finance. So I just want to encourage you to, the call to action now is, what am I going to do from this moment on so that one person, remember we're doing it for one person. We just, our senior pastor always says that we can't over, be overcome by the enormity of the problem. If we are overcome by the enormity of the problem, we will fail the one. But when we keep the one in mind, just one person saved from crime violence, one person rescued out of drugs, one family restored, then we can do it. I think just to add to that um, from a practical perspective is that we have got this project started. So we're standing in faith before $1 has been contributed towards this project as we are now. So we're actually given the go ahead to spend a few hundred, hundred thousand dollars yeah. on just getting it set up correctly. Apparently that's quite a expensive project in itself. Um, and we've gone ahead and do that. And I think don't let the devil tell you that your contribution is insignificant. I was having a brief chat to Carolina before this and I said, you know, we, if we got a thousand people to contribute $1.26 per day, that would give us half a million dollars per year and would be enough to fuel this project as we go. So that 1,000 is a key number that we're gonna try and go for. And if we can all contribute that $1.26 or we can convince our friends and our family to contribute that and maybe some people do even more, that's the number that we've got to get to. So every contribution is significant and just be a part of it because your life's going to be touched just by being a part of that not by the end goal the end goal is going to save many lives but many people are going to be saved before that even happens and you know me now i don't want to take out a loan for this it's an option 
INC Invest is our bank that um, provides loans for churches. And I have been encouraged, why don't you just put, you know, apply for a loan? But just like I didn't want to wait for the roof, I don't want to ask for a loan. I don't believe that's the heart of God. I believe he wants to fund this. And I believe that we've got it in us. And um, what we, we will just be amazed at what God does as we put our hands to the plow and believe in his vision for this community um, to see it turned around. Cultural reformation. Imagine it. Imagine those statistics over the next few years shifting and turning. Imagine census changing. Imagine demographics shifting and changing. You know a thriving church exists because the community improves. And so that's the heart. That's the heart. We're not asking for a handout from the bank, from the government. We're doing this and God's going to bring it to pass. And we're going to play our part in reforming a culture, reforming a generation. It's in us. I believe it's in us. Yeah, so just from a practical perspective, um, over and above the funding required, it's going to take a lot of time as well. So I'll be making myself available and we'll let you guys know when that is. Um, for you to come have a chat to me about who you believe in your network, we could re reach out to. We're going to be reaching out to IGA, to Coca-Cola, to Unilever, to Nestle, to everyone that we have within our own network um, and try and get them on board. But we want to tap into your network as well. Um, or if you've just got any ideas, uh, we'll be making ourselves available at a constant time every week that will allow us, whether it's here or whether the case is, just to touch base and catch up. And <clears throat> the more of us that get involved and the more of us that tap into our network, um, I just think the better the output we're going to get.